Oh shit. That's loud. Holy fucking shit. You cranked it up. Edit that part out. Edit that part out. Edit that part out. Keep this in. Keep this in. Keep this in. Oh my god. All the way from the internet. It's the return of your very favorite podcast. Sonic Weekly. Sonic Weekly? Sonic Weekly. We're back with Sonic Weekly. Sonic Weekly. Sonic Weekly. With me, Grant. Hey, it's me, Grant. And David. David the Lurker. Hey, David. Oh, hey, Grant. How, how, how you do? How you doing over there on the old on the old uh, internet? Terrible, horrible. We start <laughs> we, just a bad start. Way too loud with the song, and then it's loud because we're having a party. You got to crank up the music, crank up the volume. That's what they would say. Pump when, you know, up the jam. Yeah, yeah. That's a song we could sing if we had the rights. Yeah, we don't have the rights. Uh, we do have uh, a full house. We've got friends with us this time. David, uh, returning to the show, we've got Michael Stearns. Hey, it's a Michael. Hi, Michael. Whoa. Hey, Grant. What's Granting? Yeah, not, not much. I, I uh, nothing really. <laughs> so you would say this is not Granting at this time? Ah, no, this isn't Granting. <laughs> No. And then for the first time to the Sonic Weekly Show, previously on GZ Podcast, a radio program we were both featured on and talking about, but here on Sonic Weekly, Jean de Saavedra Frias of Double Dash Studios. Jean de, hi. Hey, you guys. Glad to be here. Jean de, true or false, Michael is from, is, is also dialing in from Brazil. Is that true? I think that's false. I think so too. That is false. There's only one person on this podcast uh, that is dialing in from Brazil, and it's you. Hey, thanks for doing that. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's it's so. Uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've given the game away. We're here to talk about Sonic R. You serious? We are seriously going to talk about Sonic R and maybe some other things. We were thinking before we started recording, was there Sonic news to talk about this week as a group? So I'll, I'll put it out there that there, the Sonic news of this moment is twofold. One, some Sonic fans were complaining on the internet. And then two, Sonic Superstars, the game that's coming out in the fall for every platform. The opening animation was released on YouTube. Two, soft applause some people didn't like it some people liked it it was okay it was not okay and then there were other complaints with various other things and that was essentially the fan uh not drama because drama suggests that there's like a compelling storyline to follow there's no compelling storyline it was just twitter and that's very boring but we had already decided we're going to talk about sonic r and I'm wondering, why are we talking about Sonic R? It, uh, it's, it's turning a certain anniversary in November, which we're not at yet. What, it 20, is it 25 years? It came out in 97. It turns 26 years old in November. Is everyone excited? That is exciting. We're preparing ourselves. Yeah. The big old 2-6, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of, of Sonic news. Uh, we're, we're recording while, while San Diego uh, Comical Con... Convention is happening, right? Oh yes, the comic comedic convention where all the <laughs> mimes and clowns and stand-up comedians and improv teams meet. Right, that one. Right, and and then and there's uh, I guess there isn't a whole lot of like new news, but there there is a place people can go if they're looking 
to to eat some overpriced hot dogs. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a pop up in San Diego where they're selling like chili dogs with knuckles plates for probably a hundred dollars and a two hour wait. Right. Uh, yeah, there is. There was at least an hour wait. I saw somebody on Twitter uh, standing in line, and they took a photo of the line, and you could see uh, Katie. Uh, from from the social media, she was sort of standing off to the side, probably going, wow, that is a line, which is good for her because that means it's a success. Bad for the people in the line because they get to wait over an hour. It's funny how underwhelmed everyone was by that announcement when they were doing the big Sonic video. But look at them now. They want those chili dogs. Uh, somebody went, right? Uh, oh, I've already forgotten how to pronounce your first name. <laughs> Jean de. Jean de. You're there, right? You're live in Brazil, and Brazil has been transported to San Diego. Is that correct? That is uh, very correct through the magic of the internet. Yes, yeah. Because I've been looking at images of those of those chili dogs, and they look like kind of bland chili dogs. I guess there's nothing really special about this hot about these chili dogs except that they have like some sonic imagery around them do they have any beans on them this was a question that people were wondering because the menu was focusing a lot on the beef uh you're there i have no idea no beans <laughs> to be seen you ate it too quickly that's unfortunate <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that means you ordered the sonic's classic chili dog for ten dollars oof good price um but if you don't even want to think about are there beans or not, you can get a South Island hot dog, which is just the dog on a bun for $8. Or you can go all out and get the egg salad topped hot dog. Ooh. The perfect egg dog. There we're going. Is that what you ordered? So you didn't even get the chili. That was the bait and switch. Oh, no. That also has chili on it, too. What? <laughs> it's topped with the egg salad. Why the egg salad's on top of the chili? Yeah, it's pretty mysterious. That does seem like egg salad on a hot dog, like that could work. I think that they should have had a breakfast item so they could do a scrambled egg zone mention. Oh, wow. If you're going to do eggs, may as well go all out. That's probably too deep of a cut for them to <laughs> remember. I don't know. All of these have uh, references except um, soda. Soda's just soda. Hmm. What about Chaos Cola? <laughs> I guess you couldn't call it that. That's a missed opportunity there. At least you get free refills when you order uh, a drink. Really? I would hope so. It's five bucks. Five bucks for how big? I'm thinking. I'm thinking at a convention you don't get free refills, but actually, it says there free refills. You're right. Wow, they must have a dispenser. It's like a self serve thing. That must be. I guess because if you're if you're not ordering Shadow's Mocha Milkshake uh, for seven bucks, like actually Shadow's Mocha Milkshake is called Team Dark. <laughs> so Sonic Heroes reference there. Wow. Why is this not connected to the Sonic Restaurant? Why is that still an elusive partnership? I think they want to keep their brands distinct. Right. They don't want to have to offer something called frings, which are fries and onion rings together. Uh, uh. But hey, Pico Pico tenders, I'm sure that would be a big hit. Like, like a hammer hits? Yeah. yeah, I guess not like uh, flicky tenders or uh, <laughs> like, shouldn't they all be named after Sonic's friends? Like, shouldn't it be 
like Ricky and Porky dog and <laughs> oh no you don't want to eat uh, Pecky that's that's rude does Sonic have a friend who's a cow not anymore <laughs> is there oh, no. a little rabbit sized cow hopping that's... around I'm trying to remember I don't think there was a isn't there a cow character in Sonic Schoolhouse uh, uh, what would a char- what would a cow character be named in in like the Sonic like with Milky Mookie. Mookie, Mookie. Okay, maybe it shakes shakes the cl- the cow. Oh yeah, shakes the cow. Okay, yeah. Well, it depends on how big the cow is. Yeah, but I want a cow who hops out of a robot, like a calf. I feel like Sonic Adventure Two might have had one. I mean, it it would have to match the uh, the naming convention, right? You know, with the with the KY at the end. The KY. You know, like Flicky. And and Packy. Oh, I, I was thinking of a friend like a like a like a playable character. Oh, like an actual like we're partnering up and and instead of tails carrying me, I can ride you like a cow. <laughs> yeah. I tuned out for a second. I heard KY and ride you, and I <laughs> thought maybe I should check back in and see how you're doing, David. Uh, I'm, okay, so. Yeah. All right, so so uh, and then yeah, the Sonic Superstars intro was uh, you know was released, um, and Sonic Superstars is playable at that very same comical convention. Uh, seeing some fan playthrough, it's similar to various reviewers and, and different media outlets, it seems have had some access to Sonic Superstars first level, but not we're not getting any impressions of the co-op, how the sh- how the screen share works with co-op uh or any impressions beyond the first level uh or maybe the first two zones i don't know so and we don't have a release date right for sonic superstars so we don't oh we know it's like the same week as um oh we do know you're Mario right wonder yeah, that's true yeah it's october something october right it was put up and then it was taken down and so so it's like shh, you don't really know but we all know <laughs> it right it's coming out the same week as uh or right around the same time as Super Mario Wonder, right? Oh. So you don't think that they, they took it down so they could change their minds? Oh, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is also that week, I think. Yeah. There's a lot happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, October 17th was the date, and then they removed it, so now nobody knows. Uh, right, and, and right, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, is, isn't that the game that's coming out? Around this, yeah, October twentieth. So, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, it's getting it. That's a hot and spicy time. It's just, it's just like nineteen ninety one again, mm-hmm. which I think is what I said last time. It's so weird that they both, they both have four player modes. Also, like, boy, they uh, couldn't have uh, avoided that conversation, could they? <laughs> no, they're going to be compared extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic Sonic Superstars was already being compared to. New Super Mario Bro- Brothers, we, yeah. uh, you know, all those 2D Mario Brothers that you can play with four people. So this was just like the, the perfect match. Yeah. People will compare that to death. Yeah. Sonic can't even turn into an elephant. Looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking forward to this. That was my first thought as well when Superstars was revealed was, oh, it looks like new Super Mario Brothers. We, which yeah, is a good thing, I think. Um, I seem to remember that being fun, but there's no way it could. It wasn't very fast. Everybody was on the same screen together. How could that work with 
Sonic style gameplay. That is a mystery that I would like to know the answer to sooner than later. I feel like withholding that information doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. It just makes me a little nervous, I guess. Mm. Seems like you might spend a lot of time in a bubble. (laughs) Right. uh, Mario rules are. It it looks like somehow everybody was on screen all the time in those trailers, so it must work some of the time at least. Yeah, somehow they somehow they figured it out. And what you may have not figured out yet, dear listener, is how did we all arrive at this place right now? Well, we've been friends in the Sonic community in the GHZ and in Sonic Retro, and in particular, uh, Jean Day and Michael, you're both game developers. Jande, you have a, with your studio, Double Dash Studios, have released a new game uh, recently. Yeah. Right? Uh, Jarrell's Brother and the Most Important Game of the Galaxy, uh, just released in June from Double Dash Studios and Copa Studio. Yeah. And uh, Michael has previously released a game called Tiny Barbarian Deluxe. So I'm interested to hear from both of you in terms of like your game developer eyes that can see things differently than David or me because we're David and I are stupider is the premise of this <laughs> and and why why Sonic R sticks out as being a notable game when to the layman it looks like a terrible game and plays like a terrible game but before we get to all that I would like to hear more about these the games that you have both created starting with the most recent one okay um so uh do you guys remember those point and click adventure games uh from LucasArts yeah, uh, and Sierra that we used to play on our old PCs back in the nineties. Uh, Jarrell's brother is is a brand new point and click adventure game, uh, which is a little bit crazy. I never imagined I would work on a point and click adventure game, uh, but uh, it's based on a on a on a cartoon here from Brazil uh, called Jarrell's Brother. Uh, and it kind of fits like a glove, you know, to make this uh, genre of game uh, when it's based on a on a very comedic uh, cartoon. And and actually, we 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 just released the first episode of the game. We're gonna release a couple of other episodes. Uh, episode two and three will be coming out this year. Still, uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm very <laughs> concerned about. <laughs> the amount of games that are coming out in October uh, and this year. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, it's, it, it was a really fun time working on that game, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. The previous game that you released, though, Jean de, uh Skyracket, definitely had a very Sega, and Treasure, but a very Sega feel to it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's not a it's not a it's it's not a secret that all of us are uh, very much fans of of Sega games, uh, so that tends to come out uh, in everything that we do. I think artistically. So this might be the same question, but um, you said at the start there that you didn't think you would be making a um, point and click adventure game. Why is that? Um, I, I don't know. Um, because um, I mean, I I do love point and click adventure games. I play them. Uh, that's that's one of the ways that I learned English uh, as a kid was playing uh, Secret of Monkey Islands and Fate of Atlantis, Day of the Tentacle. Um, but we are 
back at Double Dash Studios, we are very different people in, and we have different tastes. So we tend to work on games that that everyone kind of enjoyed when we were kids and, you know, genres that everyone likes. And not everyone uh, there uh, played uh, point and click adventure games as kids. We have we have we are in very different age groups as well. And also, it, it, it it's a lot of work. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of work. It's what I did on this game was basically I was like listing everything that you can do with the character and saying, okay, yeah, he needs to be able to talk about something when you use this object with this other object, and it has to be something unique uh, or. I don't know. It, it needs to have a certain joke. Uh, it needs to have like five different things that he might say when you click on something. So it's a, a, a lot of different possibilities that you have to um, try to predict that a player will do, mm-hmm. uh, and not and not just you know uh, funny stuff, but also like there there's. There's a lot of logic there involved that you can think, oh, someone would try to solve a puzzle using such and such objects. Uh, and that would make sense. And it will be terrible if they try it and they don't have like a certain uh, interaction from it, even if it's the wrong interaction that doesn't doesn't make them uh, you know, solve the puzzle. Yeah. But it at least it says that, okay, that makes sense, but but that's not what you're gonna do. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, were you in more of a planning role on that? Yeah, for, for usually I I work on on you know as a as a, an art director or or just as as a as an artist on the game. But for this one, uh, I was actually a game designer. Uh, so I was like, um, you know, writing puzzles and and trying to you know doing that trying to predict everything that a player would do and making it so that the game would make sense for every player uh and the reason that i didn't work on art for this is that we since it's a game that is based on uh on an animation that exists and and it's it and it's out there uh we and had a, and has a like a, a lot of fans out here in brazil uh it made sense to make this game as faithful as possible to the animation. So we worked with the same animation company that does the 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 cartoon so that it would have, you know, same people working on it, the same people animating the characters and creating new characters and drawing the backgrounds and everything. So so people would look at our game and think, oh okay, this looks exactly like the cartoon. Yeah. Having not actually seen the cartoon, but it looks exactly like something. Like I believe that it is a cartoon when I see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Since so you were doing writing on this, did you have a lot of back and forth with them on how the characters would speak? Like, you know, you're writing the things that people are gonna say and the jokes and things. Was there connection there too? Yeah, I had some back and forth, but uh, I was actually always working with one of their writers, one of their own writers. Okay. So what I would do is uh, sometimes I would like give uh, more precise directions, like oh, let's do a joke about I don't know uh, about Blade Runner here or something like that. Uh, 
and sometimes I would just say, okay, we need a joke here because he's doing something. And, uh, and this writer would go and he would write the way that the character would say, uh, because he knows how the character would, would how, how, how those characters behave. Uh, and sometimes we would have like uh, a couple of notes, like saying, okay, this character will never do this or this puzzle. We need to find another way to solve this puzzle because this, uh, this item isn't very interesting, or we could use an item from the, from the cartoon or something from the lore. Uh, so we were always, you know, trying to reference episodes, reference objects that they use on the cartoon. Like, uh, it's, it's very, it's very inspired by living in Brazil in the eighties. So they have like, and, and not just in Brazil because, you know, uh, American culture, you know, goes everywhere. Uh, so we had like, we have like Simon says, you know, the, the, the toy. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this toy. It was called a pogo ball. Oh yeah. It's the, yeah, th- that is. It's the, it's the it's the two balls with a little platform between them. No, it's one ball. It's it's looks like a Saturn, not not the console, the the planet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's similar to what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so that is a very uh, it, it has a huge presence in the cartoon. This this toy for some reason, and and actually that's something that we had to talk to lawyers about because uh, <laughs> should we use the actual name? Should we you know, do you know use a makeup a made up name? But you know, there's a lot of things there. There's there's there there's some stuff that I had to you know the game is in, in is in Portuguese and in English, so there's some stuff that we had to localize and and the jokes wouldn't make sense. So. Um, one of the things I did there was like, we have this character. He's like a, a boked up guy. He's he's working out on the gym, and we have we had a lot of jokes there that are that are very uh, regional, you know, from here because it's about this famous, you know, strong guy here in Brazil that talks in a certain way. So I just changed all the jokes to like Hans and Franz jokes from from <laughs> SNL, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you know a lot of things we have to we have to you know be careful if they are going to work uh, anywhere. But yeah, do people still know Hans and Franz? <laughs> Probably not. Probably that's going to go <laughs> way over uh, a lot of people's heads. I wonder what the like. I mean, they are funny. They are funny, but I mean, it's it's right. It's just from you know a long time ago. Right. Hans and Franz. It's a parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger from SNL. I guess it's pretty easy to understand. Yeah, but you know, th- there's like the the the, the catchphrase like uh, "We're gonna pump you up" and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's funny, even you know, if you don't really know that it's a reference to something specifically true um i think i learned about hans and franz because they were on tiny tune Advent. they weren't on tiny tune adventures but they did the same jokes and i mean yeah i thought that was very funny then too gen z and gen alpha might be watching conan on youtube like i've been and seeing that they've been reading dana carvey and kevin nealon and and uh, robert smigel have been reading the scripts to the lost hans and franz movie on the Conan YouTube. Yes. Oh, wow. And uh, Ashlyn, my wife, and I have been watching those on YouTube sometimes in the morning with coffee and enjoying it. So Hans and Franz are very are still active in my life. Wow. So your reference <laughs> to them now 
is <laughs> you know now I'm tying those threads together. Oh, interesting. Perfect. So right. So we got to get in touch with Con O'Brien right now. Yes. You'll you'll be <laughs> excited to know that the German supermodel Heidi Klum nicknamed her breasts Hans and Franz. <laughs> However, given the differing nationalities, Klum is German and Franz and Hans are Austrian, it has never been confirmed if this was an homage to the SNL sketch, nor has she made mention as such. Wow. So, um, mm. I mean, is that is that helpful information? Probably, <laughs> yes. Actually, it is. It's enriching my life. That would be a heck of a coincidence. All right. Well, since you were sort of asked real questions, I will ask you one um, non-serious question, but it is deadly serious. Um, was there a lot of pressure working on the most important game of the galaxy? <laughs> so right there in the title. Okay, so right now, after we, we release the game, we are suffering a lot of pressure, actually. Uh -huh. Because um, we the game doesn't have uh, voiceovers. It, it doesn't have voice actors. And the voices from the cartoon are very iconic. And that's the main backlash that we're getting. Mm. Uh, it's not that people don't like the game. They like the game. They, 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 they think it's fun. But they are very annoyed by the fact that we don't have the voices. Wow. And, and the thing is, uh, what we didn't know when we were doing the game, and obviously most people don't know that, but point-and-click adventure games have a lot of dialogue, like a lot. Well, I mean, you know that now, now that you've made one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I know that now, but uh, I didn't know that it would have as much dialogue as an entire season from the cartoon. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. That is a lot right there. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the main character... He talks, it's like exponentially more than any other character. So if, we're, if we would, you know, record all the voices, this guy would like, uh, his, his throat would explode. Uh, it's a difference, like more, most, of the, most of the actors, they would have to work like one or two days, uh, like four hour sessions. This guy would have to work like a month. This is like a, a serious medium difference between TV and games that I, yeah, that you wouldn't have thought of. Like, this is like a book. Yeah. I, I mean, people do read books out loud, but, <laughs> and, and on books on tape, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a lot. You know what? Uh, you're not going, you're not that far from the truth because uh, we've reached out to to Audible to try to get some money <laughs> for it. <laughs> now, this was through Cartoon Network, right? Or Not actually, no. Uh, so, uh, here, here in Brazil, we had, for the past four years, we had, like, the worst president ever. Uh, and, and But before that, we had some um, government grants uh, that were uh, directed for video games, for video game development. Uh, so this animation company, they uh, actually applied for a grant to make a game about their cartoon, their IP. Wow. And they, and they got it and they reached out to us uh, so we would work together on the game. Uh, so first they, 
they came, you know, uh, with an idea of making like a work for hire thing. But uh, we we just, you know, we we were, we really liked the project. We we loved the the IP. We loved the characters. So we wanted to work together with them, and we decided to make like a co-production thing. So we've been, and it was actually a a, a, a pandemic game. We started in twenty in the beginning of twenty twenty. We had our first meeting with them, like uh, uh, you know, uh, in real life, <laughs> and then. And then it was like uh, all hell broke loose, and it was a game that we was made entirely uh, remotely. Wow! All right. Um, was I at least right in that the show aired on your equivalent of it does? Yeah, Cartoon Network. Okay, okay. It's I, a like, it's it's a Cartoon Network IP, uh, and yeah, uh, but only in Latin America, and I think I think. Qatar, maybe some 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 other country. So there wasn't any, there was no big cartoon network money coming in to help. No, no things. That's too. No, bad. yeah, but they, but we've been talking to them, so uh, they can you know help us with marketing and stuff like that. So there's like the Cartoon Network name on the game, um, and, and it's also on HBO Max, but only around here. Oh, I was gonna say. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> um, I've heard of that. Oh man. Yeah. Good 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 streaming. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe down there it's better than than whatever's happening up here. Uh working with an established IP pretty different from Skyracket, your first game which was uh original, right? Like it yeah. like your original creation. And Michael, your game Tiny Barbarian, you did my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, you did virtually everything. Yes. Like you didn't <laughs> distribute it or you hit, like there were other people perhaps handled the marketing and putting it on a Nintendo Switch disc, but right. This that that was a game different it started as a Kickstarter, is that correct? Yeah. It was I, I mean, indie games is a um very broad uh um term at this point. But it was it was a uh, more like you know a guy made this in his bedroom kind of game, except that the bedroom was my living room in this case. <laughs> Did you? Well, I mean, if you're sleeping out there, then it becomes your bedroom. It, there is a futon that folds out. Yes, <laughs> some people have definitely slept in that room. <laughs> well, we should all sleep in that room. Yeah. We could watch you make the sequel. Oh well, well, not we won't help. We'll just watch. I'm I'm happy to say I I'm not in that apartment anymore. <laughs> so you say we got all kinds of places for people to sleep now. Oh um, oh oh, you mean the yeah. the physical place? Oh yeah yeah. Because when I said oh a sequel, when you're like I'm not in that place anymore, it's like I got out. Oh <laughs> I couldn't. I I actually hate games now, and that's why the only game I can talk about is Sonic R. Yeah, because I don't consider it a game. Which which is I mean that's a take. It's certainly something that I think a lot about. (laughs) How many people do you suppose worked on Sonic R? Well, I mean, there's an exact number, isn't there? There is, but that's my guess. Probably. Uh, 20 is the guess? And I think that's kind of low. I'm guessing a little more than 20, really. Uh, Probably. Yeah, I'd I'd go with 25. Yeah. 20 to 25. Uh, Okay. Let's get specific. Um, I'll say exactly 23. Are you on Moby Games? <laughs> I'm on Moby Games. Yes. And uh, I see eight people what? credited. No, that's got to be wrong. I don't think that's right. Yeah. That's, let's let's look at, okay, I'm looking at sonicretro.org. Let's see who we got. We got the Saturn version here. 
John Burton. Right. I bet not even Richard Jacks is there. Oh, no, I thought I saw his... Right, music and sound producer Richard Jacks. Um, Oh, right, some of these names are repeated more than once. Um, Mm. The card says Moops. It says eight people. Eight people. I hope that's right. None of of them were, like, actually... Because it's, like, product director, director, supervisor. It's like, well, who is actually... Oh, wait wait a minute. The the credits for that game... Yuji There's a whole song that... Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was thinking about. Right. Well, because Sonic R, I believe, is the only other game, uh, aside from the original Sonic the Hedgehog, that has the, the original Core 3, Oshima, Yasuhara and Yuji Naka. Like, wow. it's the only other game with all three credited. Uh, that means it's the second game. Yes. There's only two games in Sonic. It's it's Sonic 1 and Sonic R. So this is a true Sonic 2. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yes, this is the true Sonic 2. This is the vision of everyone. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of names here. Uh, John, John Burton, of course, who was the, I guess, the head of Traveler's Tales, but he programmed. He was the main programmer. James Cunliffe. Cunliffe, yes. Cunliffe? 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 I'm Dave Burton. It's British. I don't I'm know. watching these credits now, too. Oh, you're right. So then we got Izuka. Takashi Izuka. Yes. Yasu, and then we got Yasuhara. Map design director. Uh, right, so game design director is Izuka. Map design director, Yasuhara. Additional artwork from Hoshino. Additional artwork and visual advisor, um, uh, uh, Shigeru Okada. Yuakawa? If you're if you go to Moby Games, you don't you don't need to watch the credits. You were looking at the credits for the Windows version. Oh. The Saturn version has a hundred and nine people credited. Okay, there we go. A hundred and nine. That's a lot more name. That's a lot more than twenty. So you had twenty. Who had twenty six? Was it twenty five? That was the closest. <laughs> right. I mean, does that include? I mean, because we have some some credits here, like oh. Uh, special thanks to uh, Bernie Stoller because I'm sure he he programmed it. Because because well. at this point we had reached the the era when you were no longer just crediting the you know the 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 hands on programmers and artists and music people. You're also you know you've got like the person who people who worked on the instruction manual. You've got the mm-hmm. people who worked on the instruction manual for different regions. You've got all the marketing people. You've got all the testers. Not to say that those people didn't deserve to be credited to begin with, but you know they. But it used to be pretty sparse. That's right. Used to have fake names. Sonic One. Yeah. Gotcha. So the Saturn credits for Sonic R has 109 people or 135 credits, 109 people, 68 oh. professional roles, and 41 thanks. Is that right? Oh, there you go. That's what it says. Yeah. That's a good uh, number. I guess Moby they they split it up. They did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Moby. Moby Games is a pretty cool website. So if we're talking about Sonic R. Uh, unless I feel like I, I I cut you off, Michael, about tiny barbarians. I'm sorry. Oh no, okay. we're ready. Okay, right. Well, if we're going to talk no, about. I, Sonic I, I, I do have a question about tiny bar- barbarian. Oh yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that first. Okay. Do you think about tiny barbarian too, Michael? I have thought about it, but it is uh, it's something that I've waffled back and forth on. So yeah, yes, yes, I do think about it. But <laughs> I mean, could we um, could we set up a crossover? Between the two games? Prob- I think... Like, the second most important game is Tiny Barbarians 2? <laughs> I think I think there might be some brand con- conflicts. Do you, I mean, do you even have a plug for uh, Skyracket in that game? On on Tiny Barbarian? Uh, no, on in, in Joral. Oh, I, I did sneak, sneak one in, yeah. I did, like, a, 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 
it's kind of like a ask me about loom thing. Uh, you know, on on Monkey Island, there's this pirate with a huge, a huge bottom, like a, <laughs> uh, and it says, "Ask me about Loom." Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Loom was the other point-and-click adventure game that Lucas Arts was uh, putting out. Pirate wasn't sitting at a literal Loom at the time. No, 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 no. It, when I say bottom, I mean like uh, like a pin on his shirt. Not like he had oh, had oh, a huge a ass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I misheard you. But I mean, like if he had, if he was doing some weaving or something, that would have. Been oh no, no, no! It, it was just like a very dead-eyed uh, pirate. He was just there for you know being like a, a product placement. Huh. Uh, and I think they and and they they kept putting him on a, a lot of other uh, Monkey Island stuff. I think he's there in Monkey Island 4. Hmm. He's there now on Sea of Thieves, I think. Uh, so we, so there's this character on on second episode of uh, Jiro's Brother that whenever you talk to him, he just starts blabbing about how he loves this game, that it's about these kids. They are, they are flying, they have rackets, mm-hmm. and it's a great experience. You should buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's like a very, very, very like on the nose uh, product placement there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everyone was okay with it. So we just rolled it. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, then we look, we, we could talk about ourselves forever, but I know Grant, he is bursting at the seams <laughs> because he wants to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. R. How is it that Sonic R isn't the one about pirates? <laughs> <laughs> That's in Sonic Prime. Uh, you have you have watched all of the second season, right? Oh, I was no, I was thinking of Sonic. Rush Adventure, but oh, there are real. There's oh, wow. that's a, that's a proper Sonic Pirate story. Um, but yes, well, okay. So, what what was everyone's experience with R? Did everyone play it when it came out, or or did you wait a few years? Did you only play it last week? Let's. Uh... Who 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 art who arted up? I I think um I think that there's gonna that there's a lot of love for Sonic R. So maybe let me at least sort of present something to react to, which is I think most people would say the Sonic R is not very good because it doesn't control very well and it's not very fun. Well, did, what? Did most- However, I know you guys are gonna get your piece, but like <laughs> they might say, well, that you know it came out after Mario Kart sixty four with fewer levels and worse controls and it came out the same year as Diddy Kong racing and it's less expansive and it's not as, you know, they might, and they might say, well, listen, it's hard just to, just to move in this game and turning is, is a real, and they might say it's a goddamn nightmare to try to, but, and they might also say, well, you know, it's very short. It's, it's, a, it, there's five tracks. You might call it merciful, mercifully short, <laughs> but it's also S tier all around soundtrack. I th- it sounds like a, a, a heavenly choir. <laughs> It sounds like it's just fucking. They're all. We could do a tier ranking of the songs from Sonic R, but it would just be all S tier. S tier. So it's fair. It's fun to listen to. The models look great. The low poly aesthetic is cool. Having reasons to replay because you didn't get first place on your first playthrough, or you need to go back and find Chaos Emeralds. But the prevailing view at the time, I think, was that this was not great. But it has, I think, over time, developed a a deeper love for it that I don't, that I'm seeking to understand. So yeah, it came out and actually, you know, people were like, well, you know, it's, 
it's not a bad game, but it sure is short. You know, they, the comparisons were made and not everybody even liked the soundtrack. I remember, the, you know, there was a lot of making fun of how, you know, very sincere the soundtrack is. True. It's not it's it's not macho. It's not cool for like a 10 year old boy to be listening it's not, to. It's not even like it, it's not, you, you know, it's not making fun of itself in any way. It is it's it's very easy to make fun of songs about feeling the sunshine and living in the city and all that. It, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, I don't think it was a game that came out and people were, I mean, some people were, of course, but a lot of people were like, eh, you know, this isn't a huge deal. So the way that I got this game is a year or so had gone by and I went to, in college to my first ever anime convention um, over in Seattle. And this was when the Seattle convention was still pretty small, the Sakura Con. Um, and it wasn't even held in Seattle. It was like held in like an airport um, hotel back then. And I went across the street to a Funko land that was nearby and they had Sonic R and it wasn't even in a box. It was like in a little plastic clear jewel case kind of thing. It wasn't even like a CD jewel case. It was like something that you would have rented things out of like this garbage thing but all i really wanted was the disc because you know it was like 15 dollars, and i'm like i would like that soundtrack those songs are fun i think they're cool and then i went back to our hotel room where i was with all my cool friends right and i'm listening to it on a cd while i was doing homework at the anime convention and i'm just sitting there singing the songs quietly thinking oh no one's gonna hear me but actually my friends could totally hear me and they're like what the fuck are you singing <laughs> Can you feel the sunshine? I could. <laughs> and uh, then I had the game and, it, you know, it was cheap at this point, which I think is how most people experienced it. You know, like, um, I mean, most people didn't have Saturns. Um, yeah. They would play it on PC. They might have gotten it perhaps in a promotion from Jack in the Box for $3. They might have got it in Sonic Gems collection, you know, because... You know, they got it later or they were kids and their parents, you know, were like, hey, a Sonic game with multiple games. Give that to my my small children. So, you know, you view things very differently in that kind of context. Or if you're just like me, uh, an adult who loves Sonic the Hedgehog, then you're going to put the time in and get good at it and figure out its nuance and discover that, you know, these tracks are really, really good. Um, it's really fun to explore them and it's possible to get a lot of value out of them. Um, maybe not $50 in 1997 out of them, but $150 worth of enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you could put those songs on in any club in Europe, doesn't matter the country, and you would have been the star of the show. Those kids hanging out with you didn't know that. That's what you should have said. That's right. I don't remember what I said, but I'm sure it was really cool. You should have been like, yeah, you don't understand. <laughs> this is underground music. While all of you were listening to, uh, oh God, what it was, an underground band in 1998. Uh, sync. I'm listening <laughs> to. Wow. <laughs> yeah, look, sync was hardcore originally. I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sure, it's like they're listening to, yeah, the, the Offspring or Papa Roach or, you know, right. like whatever, like a, like what's a, a boy, like a, not a boy band, but a band for boys. A band for boys. Yeah. Uh, for was boys. Uh, right. Smash Mouth. Were they around yet? Yeah. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, hey, did you know that Super Game Power 
released in a, a, in Brazil, video game Brazilian magazine. Look at that. They yeah. gave it a nearly perfect score. Look at that. Uh, out of five, five for graphics, five for originality, five for fun, a four for control, <laughs> and five for... Gotta be fair. Like, I don't know what this word means. It, I'm not sure what this word is. It's S-O-M. What is that? Uh, that's sound. Oh, sound. Okay, because this little translating thing was just translating it as the word as, and I'm like, I don't think that's something you can scale it. There, they gave it five. <laughs> they said, look, we know that th this is the most popular European music you'll ever hear. Sonic R. Look at that. Look at that. Brazil new. Yeah. Let, let me let me let me just read the last sentence here. Believe me, you're gonna want to play it just to hear the music. <laughs> there you go yeah uh next generation was not as kind oh well those guys were pretty mean yeah <laughs> those guys were mean to just about everybody <laughs> they were very critical right they gave it a uh right so because because if, if we base it on an average at the time uh the saturn version got a, a 78 out of 100 on average is what it is so, uh, that magazine was for mean people that's what i remember from back then Wait, which one? Uh, Next generation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really remember. Well, I guess yeah, that's a. I, I like that prompt though. Just real quick, what's the gaming magazine or gaming brand that you associated with? Like, oh, uh, that's the one for dickheads. I mean, that was the, that was that was, uh, that was a Game Informer. I was an EGM reader, and I was like, if you read Game Pro, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. But if you read Game Informer, I was like. Uh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I can't believe that Game Informer took off because, you know, that was the one that started off as like a like an eight page advertisement for um, GameStop or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's like, how could people associate this with with uh, any kind of journalism or whatever? Right. But, um, <laughs> but actually, there you know, there were people doing, you know, good work on it. And meanwhile, um, GameStop was giving them away or kind of thrusting it on people one way or another. and. Yeah. So uh, I, I see how it happened, but I'm kind of like, come on, guys. They wanted the street cred. You should you should be reading you should be reading Game Fan or Edge or or Next Generation or you know something. Pick your own thing. Don't get what the store guy recommended. <laughs> be cool. Yeah. Is Game Informer still a thing? Is it still a magazine? I believe it is the one that is still running. Wow. Yeah, and and it's like and, and they're kind of classy, aren't they? Like yeah, they, they've got they they always do like these giant pieces about you know games that are they're gonna come out i remember okay this is really old actually because i remember them talking about a lot about arkham city when it was coming out and portal 2 as well they had like these huge articles about these games when no one else had anything about about it wow so uh, yeah man we should bring back uh the magazine just in general the concept mm -hmm. of a magazine i think it's really strange that I mean, I, I know there are reasons for this, but and they're always saying, oh, print is dying, magazines are dying. But like, if you ever go to a bookstore, like a, like a, you know, the one in the mall, um, and you look at the magazine rack, it's like, there are so many magazines. There's a magazine for every topic. There's like six different guitar magazines. There's four different magazines about tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, there are retro science fiction and horror magazines. Like those are back. Um, but video game magazines are still it's still like it's Game Informer and it's the the retro games one from Europe um, and and PC Gamer. And it's like, that's it. And then, you know, then and then there's like um, 
irregularly printed magazines about Fortnite. Right. Um, yeah, and Minecraft. And There's Minecraft. So yeah. many Minecraft magazines. But, but like any hobby that exists, there is a magazine for it. But yeah. video games are surprisingly limited in that. Sega made a big mistake getting out of the publishing business. Sega Visions could have gone multi-platform. 100%. 100%. (laughs) I just want to read about Sega and Sega Sonic and all the Sonic Channel, Tails Channel, Tails Tube could all be in the Sonic Weekly. They could come to my mailbox and they could call it Sega. They could. Was that what it was called? Was it Sega Visions here? Yeah, yeah, Sega Vision. As a you know, a longtime Sonic Sega fan, and you know, I you know, you you never really get over the uh, the death of the Dreamcast. Um, yeah, I think a publication that came at it from that came at all the game, you know, even today, that was still coming at everything from a perspective of, well, this is pretty good, but it's no Dreamcast. Yeah, that's the kind of editorial slant I can really get behind, yeah. and would you know make me a really loyal reader. Wow. Right. Oh man, can you imagine? Like, wow. Yeah, I know. Breath, breath of the wild, tears of the kingdom. Look at that. But I mean, it's not on the Dreamcast, is it? Three yeah. out of Let me 10. tell you about a little game called Dynamite Cop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you could beat a man to death with a fish. <laughs> what Zelda got on this? Oh man, have you ever beaten a, a man to death with a fish? Uh, in Dynamite Cop, I have. Fiction peaked with uh, Code Veronica. The code is Veronica. Who's Veronica? We don't know. You don't know. I don't think you meet a Veronica in the game. I think it's Betty's best friend. Yeah, I was going to say, still waiting for Code Betty. (laughs) Red (laughs) alert, Code Jughead. What was the name of the... Was It It was Steve Byrne? Burnside. Steve... Uh, Because there was Claire. It was Claire Redfield, mm -hmm. and she had a sidekick. Oh, the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio-looking kid. (laughs) Yeah, he he, but, he looked just like Leo DiCaprio. I think but they that was, even... Well, that was Leon from Resident Evil 2. No, no, no. <laughs> but they also did like the Leo DiCaprio thing as well, again, in Code Veronica. Yeah, I, I always thought Leon was more like a like a, a young... Um, oh. Leo DiCaprio, it's in the name. He's, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Some other guy, I forgot his name. The guy from Titanic. <laughs> no, that's the one from Code Veronica. And they even changed his face when they re-released it for PS2. Really? Because he looked a lot like Leo DiCaprio. James Cameron, I believe. That's what they changed it to. <laughs> Code Veronica was great. Anyway, I like this idea of a uh, of a magazine or an editorial stance that measures everything by its failure to be the Dreamcast. Of which I would say the Switch is often, you know, it is the only console I've cared for. Like I cared about the Dreamcast, and I'm looking at Sonic Adventure right now, the Dreamcast mod of DX, and it's glorious. It's beautiful. Um, looks better than. It really was. And, and here's oh, and a question for you. Well, David and everybody, oh, okay. which is Sonic R. Yes. Here's a couple of Sonic titles, which has the bet has the most overlap with the Sonic R development team. Sonic Jam. Sonic 3D Blast or Sonic Adventure. Is it, this is a quiz. Yeah, this is a quiz. Which of these three has the most overlap with the with the staff of Sonic R? And you can't look at Moby games. I'd say 3D Blast, probably, because they're both Traveler's Tales games. Yeah, I think that's the obvious answer. So I'm going to say Sonic Jam. 
Yeah, there's probably a trick. It's got to be a trick. Trick there, yeah. It, it does feel like a trick question. Uh, you said the third one was Adventure? Yes, Sonic Jam, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic Adventure. Okay, so I know it's definitely not Sonic Adventure, which is why I'm going to say Sonic Adventure, because nobody else did. Uh, <laughs> David, this is why... You are the lurker. You're so smart. 34 people. Oh. That is the, that, that's correct. Sonic Adventure, 34 people is the overlap between Sonic R. Sonic 3D Blast was second. And then Sonic Jam. Wow. Increasing amount of people. Wow. Uh, that's way wrong. At the time of Sonic Adventure 2, only 15 people from Sonic R. Well, to be fair, Sonic Adventure 2 was smaller. Much smaller, true. Right. There were yeah. only 15 people in total yeah. who worked on that game. <laughs> right. True, well, true or false? 15 people is also the uh, well, it's true i don't know why i tried to oh, it, there's no way to really gamify it but die hard arcade <laughs> also had 15 people who worked on it that worked on sonic r and sonic adventure right. 2 so, so are these actually people in the trenches or is it like also wow bernie stoller that's a good point like what yeah I don't know. okay yeah well, okay. Or like there's a little bit of a credit for richard jacks because of sonic 3d blast or something Right. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. It's about Sonic R. Everyone, what is your favorite track? Race track, like the field you run in, not the song. Although oh, maybe it okay. is the song, but what what's your favorite place to run in? I was just going to say you're my superstar. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> I was going to say Walkie Workbench, but that's not the name. <laughs> uh it, it, they all started start of R. Yeah. Right. Is it We've got Resort Island, Radical City, Regal Ruin, mm-hmm. Reactive Factory, and Radiant Emerald. Ooh. Radical City. That's the one. Hell yeah. Yeah. What's your reasoning? <laughs> Probably the song. The song is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it's it's really fun. It it has like there there's this this huge slope in the beginning. There's like a valley uh that if you're playing with knuckles you can just jump and glide and if you're playing with tails you can fly there and it's and it's the kind of shortcut that you don't see much on racing games like uh you know a a vertical shortcut instead of you know you don't you don't need to take the slope down and then go up you can just jump from one side to the other And, and i think that's really fun also it had that that kind of pinball part yeah that pinball part is really cool yeah yeah you're you're mostly on sort of you know racetrack sorts of things and then suddenly you get into that pinball part it's just between everything and it's this open space um and for a racing game of course you're just going to shoot through it but you could run around and bump into everything in there if you wanted to so yeah that's great fun it's a hint at the future it would uh trick you into going oh man this is what 3d sonic really could be yeah I know I played a lot of Sonic R before Adventure came out just because I needed I needed something 3D to uh to tie me over. Yes. It, it is a great like Sonic it, it kind of reminds me now of Sonic Speed Simulator on Roblox, which I don't know if any of you guys have messed around with, but I did. It's just played a it's lot just a it. just a space to run around as Sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh it 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 definitely scratches that's for sure. Also, I think that is the best track. That's also my vote. And Sonic in the city, Sonic in urban settings works so well. It's always a home run from Starlight Zone, Chemical Plant, Scrap Brain, all of it. It's it's sweet. City Escape, Speed Highway. Mm-hmm. And this is and this sits, you know, it, it, it is right there as well as a great 
city themed Sonic stage. Mm -hmm. It was also a, a website in the late 90s Sonic Internet community. Do you remember Radical City, the website? No, I don't know. Oh, well, it's not radicalized. It was it, it was it was fan, it was neat because it was like, oh, uh, the the different sections were like they pretended to be different buildings in the city. Oh. So it did one of those <gasps> like sort of weird little augmented reality thing. Yeah. And then uh, uh, it was run by uh, I believe his name was Gerald Jones, who uh, still exists on the Internet. Um, OK. He he he's involved in uh, I believe the OC remix and like video game music uh, remix community. All right. When when you were talking about the the buildings, you just triggered my memory. Ah, there you go. Oh man, I I don't remember the address offhand. So was this like a, a website that had an image map for its navigation? Like you'd click on the buildings and I I, I don't remember if there was a map. I mean, there were definitely images. Mm. It, it was definitely like yeah, here we go. Um, it it's half it's half preserved on archive.org. Some of the images are missing. I see. Um, I, you know you've you've never really given me any reason to be nervous about your stories, but I always do go sort of to the edge of my seat when <laughs> it's because it's like oh you, well you don't remember uh, Club Spin this old <laughs> Sega website oh yeah the guy uh, started a cult and killed everybody. But, uh, <laughs> But the website was pretty good. It, like you've never given, you've never said anything like that. But I always am like ready for it to go there. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And the bodies are buried. But fucking hey, they they got the first Sonic Three development cart, and they just slaughtered every single. Person. <laughs> the bodies were in the basement for years, and nobody knew. But we loved them. It's some great ROMs. It's a great ride. Pristine. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it, at least they got us the Sonic 2 prototype. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we don't know where Simon Y went, so he <laughs> right. could be. There More like go. Simon Ware. <laughs> oh, there we go. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -ba. <laughs> oh. So I got a, I've got a, um, a, a weird little Sonic R thing for you all. This isn't great because we're doing a podcast, but anyone who's listening to this can go to their internet and they can look up an image of sonic r for the american saturn or the european saturn and i want you to look at the position of sonic and knuckles and tell me if knuckles doesn't look like he is a fraction of the size of sonic do you mean the the cover or the the cover the cover of the of the game oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny knuckles. He is tiny. Tiny knuckles. I, I guess it's meant to be perspective, right? But yeah, yeah. But yeah. they they push them together too closely. Yeah. And I think Sonic actually is not overlapping him in places. Um, I actually had for a long time a a sign that I got from Toys R Us that was like an ad for Sonic R, and in that one it was really obvious. Like Knuckles was in fact on top, like layered on top of Sonic, <laughs> so he was tiny. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the PC cover right now. I have it in uh -huh. my hands, actually. Uh, and it's even worse. Oh, wow. Knuckles is like, it's, it's like a little Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like half Sonic size. It's, it's really interesting that for every version of the game, they space the characters <laughs> slightly differently. But at least three of them now, I guess. He's, it's really close. Like nobody, yeah. nobody squinted to kind of look at this. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> Knuckles is really small. <laughs> I, 
okay, right, because the the Japanese cover, it's it's not as dramatic. Yeah, they spaced them out, and they put they even put a little dividing line kind of between them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll race for the goal with Sonic and his pals. That's the commentary. <laughs> uh, not as memorable as, like, don't just sit there and waste your precious time, but <laughs> it's something. Oh, is there is there one on the back? Oh, look, it gives uh, it gives some uh, explanations for what the R might stand for. Oh, really? There's question marks after. Yeah, see? Uh, um, right. It says racing, question mark, rapid, question mark, running, question mark, <laughs> rush. Oh, that's a different game. Uh, <laughs> Wait, does it, does it say rush or no? It does say rush. Yeah. And then retire. Retire. <laughs> It says retire, and that, that one doesn't have a question mark. That means... Sonic retire. I guess that's what it means. That's what actually what it means. That's what, that's what happens after you've won. <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. Just, uh, wow. I mean, we know now, and it, oh, and it does remind us that it was part of, the proje- part of Project Sonic. Oh, yes. Which I think only had two official entries. Uh, Sonic Jam in this. But so- was this, wasn't Sonic Adventure part of Sonic Project? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, but when it was released, I think they had abandoned the Project Sonic yeah. moniker, but it was originally, like, this is the third. And I guess that makes sense. Like, you have a, a retrospective in Jam. You have, you know, it's a fun little side game that comes out the same year. And then the following year, oh, here's Sonic Adventure. Of course, it was on the Dreamcast, and Sonic looked different, and you know the Saturn died, and and by then they they had the 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 eye thing. You know the the green eye. There was that, right? Uh, do you guys remember the eye with the smirk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just the the eye and the and the and the yeah. Right, that was the original teaser image where it's like, oh, Sonic's gonna look different. Right, but yeah, that version of Sonic is on the cover of the Sonic R soundtrack that was released right. in Japan. Yeah, that's true. Which, which I believe also has different text on it, something more akin to to what was on Sonic One, Two, and Knuckles. Uh, I forget exactly what it was though. Uh, if I had reach it, for or... a new dimension. Reach, oh, ready for a new excitement. Road leads you to a new world. Rivals are here. That's that's another game. Yeah, <laughs> racing for the victory. R is it? R is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> R is it? They really wanted you to go, what does R mean? We're going to start a lot of things with R. Was, was that R is it a question or R is it? A, R a is it. Just R is it. R is it. Isn't it the letter R in quotation marks? Yeah, it's the letter R with quotation. Right. Which, I mean, why not? Nah. That's... It's weird because that was also part of the PlayStation ad campaign was the red R. R U. Red E. Yeah. It was Red E. Are you Red E? But it was like R. But it would start with R. Right. And so anyway, uh, that reminds me of Sony. But they were not what you want to be thinking of when you're selling your Sonic game. Uh, I, I guess it could still be R for retire because this is technically what the last classic Sonic game for a very long time. The next major release was Adventure. I can't. There wasn't anything random in between, was there? Like. There weren't any other side games. I can't think of any other Sonic game that came out in 98. It feels like Adventure 
Okay, whatever. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sonic R. Yeah. Uh, Sonic R, you guys, we can't play it. We can't play together easily. I don't think. Is there a way to play online together? I don't. Is there like some? Is there a active Sonic R <laughs> community of people that are racing and playing this game in the way that uh, uh, maybe people are playing? I don't know other games. The way um, John Burton intended. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, this should have had online play. I have a question that should come before that one. Uh, did any of you ever play Sonic R with someone else? Yes. Because I remember that was really difficult to do. Uh, it, I had to like sit someone down and like convince them to play it. <laughs> it was not an easy task. <laughs> I, I had a younger brother, so it was easy. I just made him. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the younger brother, so it was not easy for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played with college roommates, Sonic Gems collection, and... That was okay. And then Ashlyn played and she hated it. <laughs> That's my experience with it. You know, you gotta have her play it again. Eventually she'll like it. <laughs> just 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 wear her down. Yeah. Did it work for you, Jande? Did they did eventually <laughs> like <laughs> did they eventually come around to it? I I remember playing with some friends from school. Uh and they were pretty pissed off because <laughs> uh they couldn't play it really well yeah. and i had yeah. beaten the game a, a hundred times already yeah. <laughs> so they would like they would try to challenge me to beat them with amy because amy i think she was slower than the other characters this is this is good then yeah yeah it was fun it was fun there you go for, for me it was more fun as a single player game because yeah um because because when you're really playing competitively like you're really trying to win against a human um you have to go the fastest route and the fun of the game is in you know kind of exploring as much as you can or um you know deciding i'm going to get all of the token the, the the tokens or the emblems or i'm going to get all of the chaos emeralds or i'm going to try to get them all in one go or something you have all of these different challenges you can test yourself on as you kind of memorize the course and figure out where everything is um yeah and that's uh, like I deleted my save many times um, in order to uh, <laughs> um, so I could so I could unlock everything again and see how quickly I could do it. Right. And and with with a, with another player, you don't you can't, don't really have that kind of experience. Right. It, it, it is a game where you don't feel that bad if the save vanishes because it takes like 30 minutes yeah. to get everything again. <laughs> uh, true. But I think that's part of its charm. You know, Sonic. I mean, you can beat the original Sonic the Hedgehog in half an hour. Yeah. You can beat Sonic R in half an hour, which, which is also why it's a direct sequel. Um, and <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, part of the fun is just, oh, how, like you said, how quickly you can go through and unlock everything and explore things. And th there, there is a replayability to it in that way. And that's, I think, part of its charm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things in, in, in the charm. The, the Sonic is charming. Uh, you know, the, the songs are charming. Yasuhara is charming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> also, the unlockable characters, they are awesome. Yeah. Oh, I yes. Mean, I, re I remember flipping out when I saw they had Metal Sonic from Sonic CD. I haven't, I, ha I, I didn't have a 3DX, so I didn't know that Metal Sonic was in, in Chaotix. So I was just like, oh my God, they brought him back. 
And you sure couldn't play as him in Chaotix. Exactly. Or, or a CD. Yeah. And then you've got Metal Knuckles. And then you've got Tails Doll. Freaky Tails Doll. Tails Doll. Oh, yeah. That's that's where it comes Bearing from. the lead there of Tails Doll. Yeah. This is the uh, the biggest single contribution to uh, Sonic <laughs> like culture and lore that is, is Tails Doll. Um, Sonic R is really significant for that if nothing else that is that is true tales doll endures uh yes. featured player in the archie reboot mm-hmm. tales doll is there before and after subtly redesigned and in, in in certain ways to uh because because it was like oh there's tales doll and then then you got a ruder looking tales doll mm-hmm. uh oh but i mean also tales doll is in the uh it was in the 30th anniversary sonic comic from idw yeah, i was gonna say idw had to yeah. have done something yeah. with tales yes doll, yes thought. tales doll is there and the joke um, of tales doll the like slurpy joke that his eyes were yes his eyes you. go slurpy his right. eyes go slurpy. That started on the GHC message boards. Is that right? Was it our friends John Gray and Sam Logan that started that? And we were witnessing it, or did somebody else start the joke? I think that's where it began. But right, the it it began there, and then it slowly evolved into oh, he's just well. I think also Green Gibbon added layers to it, like oh, he's going to what steal your soul, eat your soul, do something with soul. You know, it's whatever. Right. But yeah, so it went from Slurpee to Soul Sucking, and then it sort of expanded into the to the wider Sonic fandom verse. Um, but it was immortalized yes. by John Gray in the comics as well. Yeah, I'm in assuming. the Archie comics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he immortalized a, a couple fan things in there, but that was one of them. Uh, the the Slurpee eyes, the Tails doll being terrifying, continues to this day. Look at him go. His name is Tails Doll. <laughs> what does the thing on his head do? Yeah, Tails Doll. Still, it's an enduring mystery. We still don't, we don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think we've ever gotten a real explanation for that. Did the, the, the other Sonic colored things in, in Sonic Colors, wasn't there a mode where you race against, like, some sort of remote control Sonic drones? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are. I also really liked in... Um, Sonic Adventure, we don't have like the Tails doll, but you do have the Sonic and Knuckles and Tails training dummies. Yeah. In the. Oh, that's true. In, right. In, Maybe Tails doll was too dangerous. Eggman gutted it. <laughs> yeah. But these are these are just the there could have been a, a Knuckles and Sonic doll as well. So when you guys were playing Sonic R at the time, when Sonic Adventure came around, was there a reason to go back to Sonic R? Were you like, I want to go back and or was it sort of like so eclipsed? in terms of being able to run around as Sonic, and also it's a different system. They're very different kinds of games. And by that time, I had really played Sonic R a lot. So any, any going back to Sonic R was just a kind of, you know, victory lap at that point. <laughs> but I think the, the thing about Sonic R is that the, the level design is really cool. And, you know, you've got all those branching paths yeah. and things. I think... Like as a person who wants to just check out Sonic things, it's definitely relevant to see how um, a very different kind of level structure could have happened. Yeah, and the, like the game that it really reminds me of now um, is specifically the Koopa uh, foot races in Mario Odyssey, mm. where you have a specific short little section of those big open worlds to get through, and there's like a ton of different ways you could do it, and each uh, Koopa Troopa will kind of lead you through a whole different path 
of um, how to get there. And you, you, uh, and eventually you'll find your own routes through, which are way faster than any of the ones that they are doing. Um, so I think that the Yasuhara, you know, being a level designer, like this is the game where even even through like, oh, it's a racing game. Um, you know, he didn't do just a straightforward track. He's still doing it like this is what a cool Sonic level would be. I think Sega Sonic Team could learn a lot from this game if they wanted to uh, yeah. do a different approach to a 3D Sonic. And frankly, I think they should. <laughs> That's why they got to bring back Yasuhara. Yeah. Have him work on a Superstars follow-up that is in 3D. Give us that 32-bit Sonic game we never got. I want low-poly Sonic running in some proper full-on levels. Let him do it. I'm sure he'll do it if, of course, you pay him what he's worth. Yeah. So, and, and kind of let let him do his thing. Don't, don't, don't micromanage the Asuhara Sega. If you do this, let just let him, just let him, just let him do a Sonic. <laughs> Come on. Uh, do you think they heard me? TNT, C4, stealth, air ducts climbing up the side of a building. A wall explodes. We're going to free Naka. Yuji Naka is coming back. <laughs> Yasuhara, we ride at dawn. We're going to get the man out, and we're going to make this sequel happen. Isn't he out on parole? Yeah, this yeah. this is all separate. This is just a distraction. So, <laughs> so we're, we're there to free Naka. We realize he's not there. He's actually in his home, at his home with his wife and children. Right, yeah. enjoying life, yeah. you know, enjoying all the money he still has. Um, <laughs> I, I really hope that something, I, I, you know, I just want, I just want a little more drama. I want like a, like a, a car chase, like <laughs> helicopters. I want him like escaping, like driving off somewhere. He's violating parole, and everybody's after him, and he's in like his Ferrari or whatever car <laughs> he has these days. And you know, it's it's a real OJ Simpson kind of. Um, debacle right it's gonna be wild all eyes on naka and he's like no movies or, or food i'm out of here <laughs> um oh man do you think they would put a loop in front of his escape route and, and would be like okay ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it he'll finally prove if he's the true yeah sonic man show us how these physics work it'd be easier to just put like one of those uh Starlight Zone fans in front of the road, <laughs> drive in place, and then the the police can just stroll up and you know open the door and hop in. Uh, well, I'll say that it's been a time, a good time, in fact, uh, and we have not extensively, thoroughly covered Sonic R, but we've covered it breezily and we've covered it well enough, and. Uh, it's now time to end the show. But first, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Jande, for Woo. coming by. Links are in the description to check out their games that you heard them talking about. And uh, now it's it's David time. Ah, that's right, because it's it's over. You've you've already crawled into bed. You've already fallen asleep. But you forgot to turn off the radio, so you still hear these voices, and they start invading your dreams. And what are those dreams telling you? Why, that's of course that you want to subscribe to Sonic Weekly. You're going to subscribe to your podcast player of choice. Are you catching? Are you casting? Maybe you're casting because you're having a dream casting time. Yep. And be sure to write a review. 
give us one of those cool five-star ratings and uh you know send us off an email at sonicweeklypodcast at gmail.com and when you do that you know maybe you could tell us what you think the r in sonic r stands for you know in game pro issue 113 they reviewed sonic r and and gave a, a few ideas for themselves as to what r could stand for you know like when they when they graded sonic r's fun factor they said that this r is definitely a rental what they gave it a 2.5 out of 5 for fun factor oh it's simply too flawed to be fun for long how rude ah but what what did they do with control they said that r means responsive but to a fault at high speeds it's nearly impossible to run in a straight line they gave it a three wow they they don't know how to use those triggers to turn do they no 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 but oh the graphics they said that the r stands for receding where's the horizon don't know the pop-up never lets you see it whoa they gave it a three how rude are they to a 32-bit console do they realize what's going on no but for the sound they gave the r represents recycled since all the effects are borrowed from past games but it's also for regurgitate which is what you'll want to do when you hear the cheery pop songs a 2.5 out of 5 for sound game pro clearly had no taste when it came to the sega saturn and one of its crowning jewels sonic r and that r is it oh yeah oh yeah baby you're gonna be dreaming about how great it is not how bad it is dan electro i'm calling you out i mean sort of i mean it's fine it was your opinion. I don't know what else you liked. Sounds like the R stands for wrong. 